Today's show is brought to you by Club W. Don't ever come home to a house without a bottle of wine again. Just go to clubw.com slash girlboss for 50% off your first order. That's clubw.com slash girlboss. If you believe that living your best life includes being your own boss, then you've got to try FreshBooks. FreshBooks makes creating and sending invoices, organizing your expenses, and tracking your hours the easiest part of your day. Go to freshbooks.com slash girlboss for your free 30-day trial. Hey guys, this is Girl Boss Radio from Panoply. I'm Sophia Amoruso, the founder of Nasty Gal and the author of Girl Boss. I'm so excited to be back in the studio after New Year's and really excited for what's going to happen in 2016. Every week I talk to different women who I admire, who I think you all admire, who I want to learn from, who are doing interesting things, and extract bits of advice from their lives, their experiences, and learn a little bit about how they got their start. Today's guest is a music icon and friend. Her name's Courtney Love, and she's going to be with us on the show today. But first, my friend Liz is back on the show. She's an actor, comedian, professional farter, a writer, and we always end up laughing a lot together. We'll be talking about our week and, of course, our girl boss moments from this week. Welcome to Liz and Sophia's Riff Session. Today is Thursday, January 7th. 6th. I like that none of us know what date. Time or I haven't had anything. coffee in 20 days. Give me a break. It's 2016. That's all that really matters, what? right? As long as I'm on that page, I think we're fine. What's in the cup? I'm, there's coffee in there, but it tastes like garbage. I don't even think I like the taste of coffee anymore. Really? Can it I taste your like garbage coffee? Yeah, it has almond milk in there. Hmm. How's that cleanse going? Good. You feel better? My neck got longer. Can I have a semi-grande shart coffee, please? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it shart week? <laughs> what are you doing Can for I shart week? Can I have a candy cane shart latte, please? <laughs> oh, wow. The pressure of ordering the right size. You're like, just small. And they're like... She's like, no, it's got to be one of these here, ma'am. It's called... Grande. <laughs> Did you want the Vivanti? <laughs> just whatever's the smallest. Bob, we have a customer out here. She wants to get a Vivanci, but she keeps calling it small. <laughs> Bob comes out with his beard. Oh, Bob has a beard? <laughs> where we? Where are we, Liz? Intelligentsia. Oh, God. They all have the most groomed facial hair. What is the fucking barista facial hair? I don't hair? know what what's is going that? on there, but my friend went there the other day for a joke. She goes, I'm going to take my girlfriend Amanda there because I want her to get berated at a coffee shop. So I, I took her to Intelligentsia and she goes, it's the one day that there's no line and all the people are being nice. So we had to leave. Oh, God. Bummer. The guys that work at coffee shops in L.A. groom their facial hair all with day baby scissors and baby mm -hmm. hands and they cut each one individually or something it takes a lot of time it's crazy and their skin it's just like why is it so and perfect they're, they're not overly hyped to see me i feel like it's i feel like i went into their living room and i was like hey because they're hollywood would they're you mind like, making me a coffee they're like <laughs> having beard means that you're interesting now oh. well but everyone can grow one it's pretty dangerous i can i'm a little lebanese if I, oh yeah, I got get, some chinny chin chins. I, oh, can you? Do I have one? No, but I know people do. I get. I'm one, not. I'll like, get one that will just grow. Not of here. that age yet. <laughs> Shut up. This Give me been, my fucking coffee. This has been holding it. This has been growing since literally teenage I've years. I've got one over here, but at least it's close to my like 
you know, hairline. But sometimes I won't see it in my regular mirror and then I'll get home from like You've an been walking around with and them. an important meeting. And I'm like, do they think that I'm a witch? You're a unicorn, but it just grew on your chin <laughs> and it's a hair. That's what I'm going to call it. Why can't I grow hair on my head as fast as I do other parts of my body? Um, Big question. I don't know. Probably because your head's so small. I feel like it shrunk. It's, it's real small. You're dropping waist sizes and my head is shrinking. <laughs> <laughs> small head, big brain. Small head sucks. I Hats. know. But if you have a small head and not a lot of hair. Stop staring at me. I feel like this rough. is aimed at me. I'm just looking. I have the same situation. Come on. I wore a rain hat here. I'm excited to show you. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. Well, I went to say that I only recognize the things in you that I recognize in oh. myself. <laughs> You're so spiritual. Happy New Year. Spiritual. <laughs> spiritual. Oh, my God. <laughs> so tell me about your new smears. New smears Eve. Um, mine was strangely good. I was going to go over to Detox, Sophia's house. Detox daycare? <laughs> Detox poodle land. And um, I got a last minute invite to a party. It was really fun because there was no pressure. I don't like anyone. You know how New Year's is there's pressure. Or maybe you're like scoping out. Who am I going to kiss at midnight? Mm-hmm. And I just danced and danced oh, for that's so cool. three hours. I didn't even know. All of a sudden I was like, oh, everybody's really into this song. And I was like, oh, no, no. It's because it's almost <laughs> midnight. Nobody's Everybody's into the song. It's, it's midnight. Ended up giving our mutual friend a peck on the cheek and then went right back into pretty cool my moves. Whatever. Can you guys smell my breath through this microphone? Because are you saying that because you can smell my twenty from days here? of famine eating is uh, really taking its toll on my? I would think it would make you smell better. Mm. Let me get in there. I'm just not eating as frequently because I'm like being planful. Come on, I just breath. <gasps> <gasps> oh wait, remember when we were we when we were in St. Barfs and I had too much champagne and you go, your breath smells like a fart. That's because of champagne. Remember. Usually champagne smells like barf. It smells like barf and farts mixed together. Farfs. Farfs. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, farfing. Is that a new one? I had a thing with my ex-boyfriend once. I was so sick that we had invented this thing called bothing. (laughs) So you got farfing and or pooping. It's doing both at the same time. Nothing worse. Oh no, are you bothing? He works in our photo studio. It's pretty funny. It's really bad when you're bothing because... I have only bothed once. Well, it's when you have food poisoning and you have to take a towel in the bathroom and you have to just rest by the toilet. I don't know about the towel. Well, just I, to wipe your face? Well, who knows what's going to happen when you're bothing? You can't <laughs> control. It's crazy. I don't want to get into too much detail, but... No, but I've been at least wanting in the you know healthy way pretty frequently um i I told you about the 2015 clog of galen's toilet didn't i oh (laughs) no no we had only recently been dating this guy and i and he had a beautiful party at his house and everybody had been putting paper towels in the guest bedroom and i had to do a a lady like number two and in the beginning of a relationship that doesn't happen no 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 number two is for me. No. So I found a nice, quiet area. And 
There was red but, flags. Like a corner outside? Or? No, like a bathroom that's not, oh, you know, quiet wide, widely used. I win used. the elevator. Yeah, so I win the front yard and drop trap. <laughs> <laughs> so there was clearly like some water around the base of the toilet. And I kind of thought to myself, this looks risky, but I got to do this now. Like this is sees this, the. This is for me. This is for me. Go boss. So literally there's people like <laughs> lingering around in the courtyard. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to happen fast. I hit the flush and you know the minute it just it doesn't go down. So I'm like, okay, calm down, calm down, calm down. Mm. And it starts to give it a minute. And like, I flushed again and it Oh no. It started to come You're up. You're not supposed to do that. And I t- I had a dress on, so I was like, I gotta get naked and get the plunger out. I was in there twenty minutes. Naked? Can I say so Galen finally goes like this. Everything okay in there? And I was like, Do n- you cannot under any circumstances come in this room. He goes, don't be, don't, don't be Such sad. A small head for big dumps. He goes, he goes, it's happened before. I need you to step out. It was his house. Yeah. Oh god. He goes, you need to step out, put the plunger down, and we're going to call professionals. And I was like, I can't, I can't have this happen. I open the door. I'm in my underwear, holding a thing like this, the plunger in the With air. With poop floating around the top of the poop was everywhere. I had taken all the bath towels and put them all over the floor and then walked out like... Oh, that's disgusting. What, what else were you going to do? I don't know if I've ever gotten poop on the floor or out of the toilet. I mean, it's <laughs> enough that it's like floats toward the top. Sure, it's looking at me like... She's like, I don't poop. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody poops, Shara. Anyway, it was horrifying. So you didn't kiss anyone on New Year's? Mm-mm. Did you? Yeah, my husband. Three poodles and a husband? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We- that should be a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is actually. My three poodles. Now that, <laughs> now that my dad lives with us, our house kind is, of is a real sitcom. Oh, wait, so what did you guys do? Just hang at home? We watched Mission Impossible, like mm. the new one, which was a real piece of crap. A total piece of garbage, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And got in bed at like 11 and watched fireworks from be- in bed. <laughs> kind of. You're like, welcome to being 104. <laughs> and I like worked, I, th- I think I sent you. You did? Yeah. Sent some emails. Felt like really prepared for the new year. Never, I, never not working this leading one. Leading up until the new year. 12.03 midnight. She's like, hey, I had this idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big ideas. Big ideas. So yeah, this detox has been amazing. I'm 20 days in with no dairy, sugar, caffeine, soy, corn, gluten, alcohol, nightshades, which is like potatoes and tomatoes. Or 20 days? I'm like 20 days in. Wow. Maybe 19? I, I don't know. I stopped counting, and I... That's why I haven't karaoke in so long. Uh-huh. It's why I haven't seen you. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, mm, when's, when's this cleanse going to end? Pizza? <laughs> Want to stop pizza, and get pizza? a glass of wine? Nope. It's the, called the clean program. Which I, <gasps> people get addicted to this. Well, I'm I know people it. that have never come off. It's easy. Like, I'm eating, like, fish or chicken with rice or quinoa or beans for lunch. I'm, like, eating super healthy stuff. Lots of kale. I know it's so like, but whatever. I feel great and uninflamed. Oh, and I'm almost finished with what? the next book. I know I read part of it. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Okay, it was so good. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I don't know, but I think I like it. I think it's. I think it's good. I think it's. I think it's as good as Girl Boss, and that is. I think it's going to be as well received as Girl Boss. I guess it was and so good. Why was I crazy. crying during parts of it? That's weird. Mm, I speak to the soul. You are Namaste. Soul whisperer. I anyway. texted Sophia. I'm reading this right now, and I'm partially 
crying? Maybe there's onions in the room. There was onions in the book, to be honest. Raw <laughs> onions. And in my was, Word, yeah. my Microsoft Word file. Like, hmm. An onion came out. Yeah. Over your computer screen. Yeah, so that's really exciting. We just did the last shoot for it. We're designing it. Yeah, I think it's going to be like November in Whoa. a year. But maybe in November, someone will be listening to this podcast for the first time and they'll be like, what? Oh, shit. Oh, snaps. Wow. Oh, shoot. Buy a book. Read yeah. a book. Write a book. That's a cute top. Excuse me, burped. God. What's a cute top? The one you're wearing. It's from Nasty Gal. It's <gasps> cheap. There's many that exist in the world, even though it looks one of a kind. I'm sorry. There are so many holes in it. <laughs> I know. It's one big one to show off my belly button. It's really cute. Thanks. Um, we have Courtney Love on the show. I know. It's, I wanted to bring it up, but I didn't want to be not cool. It's it's pretty cool. It's so cool. I'm excited to talk to her. Yeah. I'm excited to hear what the conversation's about. Sure, her voice is just so fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. I love her voice. Did you watch her on Empire? Uh, a little bit. It was good. She was I haven't good. seen all that all that show. It's, it'll grab you. So how many times have we talked about TV? So our life consists <laughs> of resting and watching TV. And talking about food and <laughs> alcohol. Get off the cleanse. Sorry. Liz. Yeah? What was your girl boss moment of the last week? <clears throat> Ooh, you moved agencies. I did. You have new representation. I have new agents, which sounds like you're like a spy. Uh-huh. I have new agents. A new undercover. A new agent. Um, I invented a new chemical. Yes. I have new agents, so hopefully that's going to bring a lot of new opportunity my way. So Mm -hmm. very exciting. I had a girl boss moment, actually. Tell me. All right. So my son gave me a card. It said, blah, 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 nine-year-old cute stuff. But the last sentence said, confidence to do what you love, calmness to keep you not stressed. So that's my... Girl boss moment, A. Confidence and calmness. Yeah, that my son can say that at nine. And it's also my resolution to not be so spazzed out and Larry David about everything. Mm -hmm. So it's a two in one. Can you accomplish in one sentence what you used to accomplish in 10? My girl boss moment is staying calm and not spazzing out. That's a good one. Yeah. I did get removed from the ice rink in Santa Monica. What? Did I not tell you no. about that? No. So I have a tendency to head into the Larry David direction, and Waylon will give me a code word, which is, is it worth it, Mom? And I looked at him. I go, is it worth it? And he goes, oh, it's worth it on this one. Mm-mm. We went ice skating. It started pouring like this. We were there one minute. You asked for a refund? I asked for a refund. Uh-huh. She pulls out a sign that's literally in a drawer under 72 other drawers and goes, what part of this did you not see? I'm like, it was in a drawer under 187 other drawers. It's raining. And Waylon's just standing there. My son's just standing there with like water pouring down his face. We didn't even have our ice skates yet. $40. Jesus. Bitch better have my lolly. Lolly? Yeah. What's that? You know, money. Oh. Is that a term for money? Mm Mm-mm. You made it up? I made it up. I think Christmas. that might be your coolest moment. <laughs> anyway, so those kind of outbursts need to end in 2016. Normal people would just leave, right? No, I would do the same thing. Really? That's not the more, no. It's pretty normal. I started screaming, I'll give you a bad Yelp review. Oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you don't want to be that person. Mm, yeah, it wasn't great. Nobody wants a bad Yelp review. <laughs> Nobody. What's what about my- you? What was your girl boss moment? Gosh, what was my girl boss moment? I feel like it's been a moment watching you complete your cleanse. Oh, yeah. 
I think my girl boss moment yeah. has been this cleanse because it's. I mean, that's a lot of discipline. I didn't think I had it. I can't even be on time to things, and I can like cut all of these things out of my diet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not all bad, but it's nice to take a break from. Do you feel better? A lot of stuff. I do. Almost to the point of having too much energy, like not sleeping right. as much. Kind of cracked out. But I actually really enjoy and look forward to these smoothies in the morning. Yeah, you made me take a second one. And then lunch is better <coughs> at home because if I bring it to work, it's like cold. Right. But it's fine. It's good. I'm eating lots of really healthy things that swim, fly, and grow from the ground. That's been great. Right, here we go. She's going to turn into a mystical warrior princess. I know. I know. Is that, are you, namaste. Stop it. Okay. Okay. So girl boss moments. Thank you for sending your hashtag girl boss moments. Yeah. Thank you. You can do it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or you can just email me one if you're really private about it. Nushin Motashami says, girl boss moment of my last week was waking up laughing from a dream where I talked serious shop, farted and laughed nonstop with Sophia Amoruso. I saw that when I left. Waking up, if, if I can inspire someone to wake up laughing, I'm a, I'm a happy girl. Yeah. I don't want me to be someone's girl boss moment though. So, but it was pretty good though. It's a funny tweet and I t- retweeted it. <laughs> I don't want to say this person's name wrong. Natanya Burton. Yes. Okay. So sh- she says hustle until your haters ask if you're hiring. <laughs> nice. I love her. Hashtag. Girl boss moment. That speaks a very poignant truth to me right now. So, mm-hmm. thanks, um, Natanya. Samantha Marie says packing lunches mm-hmm. the night before so I can lay in bed twenty minutes longer. Hashtag girl boss moment. Is that something you? Lunch is plural. Is that like more than one child, or is she preparing her food for the week? Well, either way, I pack it in the morning. It's impressive. But yeah, that is that is impressive. But the sandwiches can get soggy, Samantha Marie. Uh oh. No, it's still she's smart. I'd rather have my mom be well rested. And have a soggy sandwich and have my mom be cranky with a good sandwich. So, well done. I don't like you says, what? today I'm negotiating salary after being offered my dream job. Hashtag girl boss moment. I love that I'm inspiring yeah. a generation of girls to over negotiate their salaries. Yeah. Even with me. <laughs> like it totally <laughs> happens. Like I'm inspiring them to Your company's um, like, quit their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> girl boss moment, Sophia. I need a raise. Hi. <laughs> Totally. Anyone I hire is like, I'm like, if I know they've read the book, I kind of expect them to be like, <laughs> more money, please. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> like, oops. I also like that her name is I don't like you. I know. <laughs> that's her name. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce this. Lauren Brooke. Did I get it? <laughs> okay. Oh, good job. She says, uh, woke up at 4.30 a.m. to drive two hours to my new job from San Bernardino to Los Angeles. Hashtag always tired. Well done, Lauren Brooke because you've got a new job and you're willing to go two hours for it. So yes, girl, boss, momento. Cool. Inspirational. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being here, Liz. Thanks for having me. Next up is Courtney Love. We've all been there. You come home after a long, exhausting day at work and all you want to do is sip a nice glass of wine. But unless you've planned ahead, you're probably out of wine and who wants to go to the grocery store after work? Not me in this El Nino weather. With Club W, you'll never come home to a house without a bottle of wine in it again. Club W is a revolutionary new wine club that sends you wine directly to your door, saving you all those trips to the grocery store. Club W's easy six-question quiz figures out your palate so every bottle you receive is perfectly tailored to your tastes. We actually signed up for it today. It was pretty awesome. 
And right now, Club W is offering my listeners 50% off your first order when you go to clubw.com slash girlboss. That's clubw.com slash girlboss. Courtney Love is an outspoken, uninhibited, controversial figure that we're all familiar with. I'm happy to call her a friend and a collaborator. Her band Hole went platinum. She's also a Golden Globe-nominated actress and recently stole scenes with her recurring role on the hit show Empire. She's a style icon and someone who's influenced everyone from Givenchy to Saint Laurent to yours truly. Courtney, thank you for being here. This is great. Yeah. I am so excited to announce that we're collaborating, and um, yeah. we have this really beautiful collection of 18 pieces that's dropping on January 14th called Love, Courtney. Love, Courtney. Love, yeah. comma, Courtney. It's so, pre- you know, it's perfect for Valentine's Day. I mean, I guess it's a month ahead, but you got to ship it to yourself, right? Right. You know, we dug through Courtney's closet and found some incredible inspiration and made, you know, lingerie meets, you know, real world and... You'll have to go on my Instagram or Nasty Gal's Instagram to see the photos. Yeah. But how would you describe these pieces? For the people who want to see these clothes through their ears, there's baby doll dresses. There's floaty. There's a floaty kimono. There's a midi. There's a, a mini slip. There's some really good uh, lace up the back lingerie and panties and a little bra with a choker. There's a lace bodysuit, which I've been wanting to make one of those for 10 years. So that's awesome. There's a lace long bodysuit with legs and little doodads, little <laughs> kook hanging off of it. Yeah. And then there's a shorter lace bodysuit. And then there's a really iconic, there's two dresses that are kind of, they're modernized, but they kind of copy dresses that were really famous that I wore back in the day in such nice fabrics. I was so surprised and happily so that the fabrics were just so luxe. And they're in soft colors. There's nothing in red. It's all like peaches and pinks and blues and blacks. And there's this really cool tutu dress with like a garter belt kind of bottom under it. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like... A kiki meets it's like a kind of like a halter thing happening. Like a halter like a thing satin. happening. It's satin bustier thing. It's really cool. <laughs> it's just a really cool collection and collaboration. It's modern. It's irreverent without being sloppy, and it's modern but slightly nostalgic at the same time. And the packaging is awesome too. Yeah, it's the first collaboration that you've done. Like, I've never put my name on much, so and so this is the first time that I've done this, and I'm really excited about it. And so I'm excited cool. to do it with you. I'm really excited. Wait, so you... I'm writing like, a book. That's amazing. Have yeah. You, have you guys announced it now? Yeah, oh, I cool. announced it. It's HarperCollins, and it has to be the right tone. Yeah. So I found a writer that I feel like will bring a lot of class and high-end taste, a co-writer to the mm-hmm. table, mm-hmm. and it will be a really positive experience. Yeah. So that's what I want because a lot of times there are rock books and they're cheap and they're sleazy and they're just fast and yucky. That is not what I'm doing. So I'd rather take my time with it. It'll come out, I think, Christmas of next year. Cool. And yeah, I have to have three chapters in by Valentine's Day, basically. So right when we're doing this. I feel like writing a book about things that you've already done um, is actually pretty, you know, it's like you're not writing a research-based book where you have to go think of all the things that interview people. And I mean, you're yeah. just talking about your life. And yeah. I 
feel like that's um, it could be it, could, it, it as long as I keep the secrets that I have to keep it'll be fine yeah. I mean you'll have to make sure your attorney and your publicist side are on it um I know you really yeah. helped me to talk to teach me about NDAs um, she's, <laughs> she's not getting on a plane she's already signed one it's all good we had an experience where I I told somebody about the collaboration Sophie's like did you get an NDA I'm like oh my god you're so right <laughs> Oh my god! I probably didn't even need to do that. No, you did. It really did. Was such a valuable lesson. Like I've gotten NDAs now. That way, you just can't get you just can't get messed with. It's so cool that you learned anything from me. Oh, that's that's, I learned a lot from you from doing this. This has been so fun. I can't wait to wear these clothes. I can't wait to wear the ones that will fit me and not. Yeah, there's yeah. Work on me. Yeah, and some of them I'll wear inside the privacy of my own home. Yes, lace up underwear. Lace up underwear. You know, this will be good practice for writing your book because we're going to talk about your life okay. on this podcast. Okay. And everything that you've done to this point and who you've been and what you've learned and where you're going. Okay. So you had hippie parents. Is that right? Like Yes. I had wealthy hippie parents. Oh. They moved to Oregon from San Francisco when I was really young. And my mother inherited a really quite a lot of money. And she burned through it, though. She ran that money like a third-world country. It was not good. She didn't know how to save money. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I will never be like that if I should ever come into money. Do you know what I mean? So, And my father was a tertiary kind of hanger-on of the Grateful Dead. And my mother was a sort of socialite, hippie, heiress person. And then she decided to get educated. So she went to the University of Berkeley, and then she went to the University of Oregon and married my stepfather, who's really cool. I really like my stepfather. And we grew up in just like a super making-your-own granola, brewer's yeast fasting, Birkenstock-wearing situation. (laughs) Were you a well-behaved child? No. I was a terribly behaved child, (laughs) and I was sent to two boarding schools to prove that. And then ended up deciding I wanted to be like the runaways and I ran away. And then I got really into punk and new wave. And then I heard U2 and I decided to go to Ireland and follow U2 and find them and make them be mentor me. And I kind of did that. Wow. I talked, I had a very small trust fund and I talked them into letting me get into Trinity College in Dublin. And I only went for like two semesters. But I somehow got in. I took SATs. I took what's called O-levels, A-levels, got in. They gave me an honorary degree, um, cool. which is really nice. I want an honorary degree. I know. And I, I told Bono I had one, and he was like, yeah, I have a doctorate. Of course uh-huh. he does. Yeah, he's, he's Irish. Like almost a sir he's the king or whatever. Of Ireland, yeah, he would be works. if he was English. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, He'd be yeah. a knight. Is there a sir of Ireland? No, there's, there's no, no, there's no, there's no, there might be knights like of the realm. I don't know if he got an OBE or not. No. I, I don't know. The Irish problem, I don't know. I, uh, beer, beer. But I went over there and I decided to work at a studio called Windmill Lane uh, Draw in Drada, which is by Dublin. And I didn't really connect with them as well as I wanted to. So I went away to this town called Liverpool where there was a band called Echo and the Bunnymen, which mm-hmm. is like an old 80s band. Yeah. That lips like sugar, Killing Moon. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, and they took me in. I wasn't being a groupie. I was trying to be a producer. I, I wanted yeah. to be the first female, like, big producer, like Steve Lillywhite was or, you know, yeah. Rick Rubin was. I wanted to do that and um, learn all the tools of the trade and learn technology at, at that time, which was very different, mm-hmm. um, digital and, and a little bit of analog and 
Uh, no, a lot of analog and a little bit of digital. And I learned guitar from the guitar player, and I, I started really applying myself to guitar. But I always wanted to be an actor as well. So I had them both in my mind. And um, How did you convince Echo and the Bunnymen to take I mean... I met a guy named Julian Cope, who was a rock star at the time. Yeah. And most people don't remember him. But he has a website called Head Heritage. Oh, yeah, because he does all it's the like crazy... It's like all reviews and stuff. Really? It's like music reviews and... Yeah, he went on some Neolithic rock excursion and studied uh, Neolithic like stars in the stones, and yeah. he went a little nuts. Okay, he took a lot of LSD and went a little nuts. Julian did, but he was great to me. I met him in Dublin, and he was like, "Come live in my house," which is exactly what I wanted to hear. Gave me the keys <laughs> to his flat. It was a squat on a place called Prince's Road in Liverpool, okay. and I called my best friend in Portland, Oregon, named Robin, and I was like. I will fly you over here. You have to come on this adventure with me. So she came over and we went on this adventure. And their their style was, they were really poor, but they had great style. Yeah. It was like this kind of Bolshevik. The girls were making aprons at the time. The guys were all in trench coats and they all had floppy hair, mm -hmm. but big, you oh know, God. teased up hair. And yeah. it was a really good style. So it was really interesting, and I got them to take me in. I was sort of a mascot. I would get them coffee during rehearsal or tea during rehearsal and just learned how to be English. And then I came back to L.A. in 1983. And in 1983, I came into punk as opposed to new wave or post-punk. Mm -hmm. And it was hardcore. It was like Black Flag and like Social D and like... Mm -hmm. Really hardcore music. I didn't like it because it wasn't romantic. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, under blue moon, I saw you. Yeah, totally. So smoothly you kissed me. Like all that Leonard Cohen kind of referencing and Patti Smith referencing. It was like, mm -hmm. TV party tonight. <laughs> and I moved to L.A. with my first boyfriend, Jeff. And his mother was a wardrobe woman for Faye Dunaway. And also she ran the wardrobe department at Paramount. Do you guys stay in touch? No, but me and his mom do because oh. she was the ward she was my mentor. Yeah. She taught me about clothes. So all of a sudden I just got this I didn't get a fashion I didn't even know what a season was, but I knew what a cut was. I knew what a peplum was. So she would take me on little adventures like doing Rita Moreno for a cruise, mm -hmm. to doing Miss Faye Dunaway for The Wicked Lady, to one day I'd be doing extra, punk rock extra work on Brewster's Millions, which is Before You Were Born, and then the next thing I would be doing a spangled jumpsuit for Lola Falana for the 1984 Olympics wow. and stuff like that. So I learned a lot, and Paramount at the time had not sold all their clothes to Western, which is the major costume rental company and for most shows in Hollywood and most movies. So I got to go through all these insane clothes, like iconic clothes. Mm -hmm. And they would have the names in them. So they'd say like Miss Frances Farmer, Miss yes. Joan Crawford, Miss uh -huh. Gloria Swanson. It was crazy. Yeah. So you did or didn't like punk rock when you came back to LA? Um, I learned to like it. And I got an ear for it. And I'd learned this really kind of more beautiful, slenching, jangly guitar. And, and I was really influenced by R.E.M. and the Bunnymen and U2. And, I mean, this is my generation. So I was born in 64. So this is the music that I grew up with was R.E.M., U2, the Bunnymen. Leonard Cohen, Patti Smith, Stevie Nicks, sort of. And I learned guitar. But then Sonic Youth came along. 
And after I was in Faith No More, though, first I was in Faith No More before Sonic Youth came along. So okay. that was my first band. Wow. Faith No More. I didn't know that. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's like I'm in this total dude band. That, yeah. Like, and then I had Is to that, be, That's like related to Mr. Bungle? It's like the I same, guess. What's that guy's that's name? That's Mike Patton. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my way into Faith No More was I just demanded to be in the band one night. They had a great rhythm section but a terrible singer. And I was just like, let me be in your band. And Did your voice always sound like this? No, actually, in Faith No More, I couldn't command an audience yet. I wasn't participating in the, in the songwriting. They were telling me, like, we had to cover Van Halen's Jump. I hated every oh second my of it. God. I know. It was horrible. Oh, wow. They had an excellent rhythm section, and Roddy Bottom, is, he wrote all the hits, is a great pianist, and he played keyboards, and in, is, still remains one of my best friends. But there's a bass player in the band named Billy Gold, and he has a box of all the pictures of me. Like, he hides it. So there's two different divergent stories. One is my story, which is I was in the band for nearly a year. Mm-hmm. And from being an exotic dancer, paid for all the studio time. One is Billy Gould's story, which is like she was in the band for a month. This was when you were working at Jumbo's Clown right? No, I wasn't at Jumbo's yet. I was up at, at like, Big Al's and Carol Dota and... So and, this is like full nude? And the, yeah, and full nude, cool. the lusty lady. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And Frenchie's K&T and like those kind of, the lusty lady was the really funny one. It was a peep show, but they were feminist. In San Francisco. In San Francisco. It finally closed like, down. It did? Mm-hmm. They were like, don't wax. Love your body. It's yeah. like, no, I'm going to wax because I need to make a few <laughs> dollars. Yeah. But um, then I got really smart about the stripping thing. And after Faith No More had their first hit, I was down in L.A., and they had this number one hit song called Epic, and I used to have to dance to it. And when I had to dance to my first band's number one hit song, I was like, I have six months to make it or I'm jumping off a bloody roof. Mm -hmm. So I started saving my money in a very different way. I didn't spend it all on vintage clothes anymore. So I had developed an atonal ear at that point, and I could do this Sonic Youth thing, and I understood Sonic Youth were really important. I'd been to Minneapolis, tried to start a band there that eventually became Babes in Toylands. Me, Jennifer from L7, and Kat from Babes in Toyland had a band together. It was super romantic, super San Francisco, super hate, Victorian floaty clothes called Sugar Baby Doll. Mm-hmm. We never played a show. It was like an imaginary band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, it's like every girl's. Yeah, but then we all split off and actually were productive, and we all got signed to major labels and did really well in the 90s, and and now they all do behind the musics about me and and shows about me all the time, and Jennifer is still one of my best friends, and and Kat's a little nutty, but anyway, um, but then we were all strippers, all of us, and that's public knowledge. I'm not telling anybody, but we all saved... We, I, I saved up with Eric for a van. First, we got a van. The Chili Peppers were my friends, so they let me use their rehearsal space. They would practice in the day, and we would practice at night. I would work in the day. I, that's when I worked at Jumbo's and the Seventh Ale. There was this manager of Jumbo's Clown Room named Michael Dewey, and he was like, you were born to be a wrestler. Look at your body. I'm going to start an all-girl wrestling team, and you're going to be on it. And I'm like, no, that you, no. <laughs> yeah, no. buzz off that's not gonna happen and he was like if you don't get signed in six months you're joining my all-girl wrestling team and i'm like okay what do you want to wager on that and he's like I'll, if you, you're not getting signed i'll give you a thousand dollars if you get signed i'm like all right fine and on the fifth month i got signed to geffen so wow. I, I won that bet but i could have been a wrestler yeah you still can <laughs> no i don't want to it's okay <laughs> well, arm wrestle <laughs> yeah
How did you get the name Hole? And when did you become Courtney Love? Your your name was Courtney. My name was Courtney Michelle Harrison. Oh. I became Courtney Love when I was with Pat Smear, who's now in the Foo Fighters, who was in Nirvana. And he was like, you got to change your name. You can't be a rock star. You can't be. I was like, how about Courtney Michelle? He's like, no, this doesn't work. Yeah. If you need an, a rock name, ask Pat Smear. Ask Pat Smear, right? <laughs> and he, we, so I was like, Loveless. And he was like, no, that doesn't work. Go with love. And so that's what I did. I was going to be loveless. I thought that had more Miss Havisham to it. Yeah, yeah. Lonely. I feel like it could date itself more, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Also, my name sounds like kind of like a porn star, but not really. And Courtney wasn't yet a crazily populous name back in 1984. All those kids were being born in the 80s. Yeah. I started seeing 12-year-olds named Courtney. I was like, what? No. Yeah, every baby's named Sophia now, and I'm just like, oh yeah, it's such a popular name, Sophia and Bella. Around, they're like Sophia, 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 and I'm like, what? This has never happened in my whole life. No, you've been the the Sophia. That's fine. Yeah. When did you start your band? Technically, 1989. How did you find your bandmates for Hole? I put an ad in the Recycler. What did it say? It said, "Want to form a band? Tendency towards other women? Because I want an all-girl band." I didn't say tendency. That makes it sound like it was a singles ad. Um, <laughs> no, it was something like, I want other women. And then it said influences. And it had Big Black, Sonic Youth, Fleetwood Mac, and the Pixies on there. Cool. It was like a mix, you know, and I got Eric to respond. And then we found Jill and we found this girl, Caroline. And then the incarnation of Hole that everyone remembers is after. I kicked out Caroline. I found this girl, Patty Schemmel, up in Seattle. Kurt found her for me. Kurt had tried her out for Nirvana and really liked her, almost employed her. So Patty became my drummer. And then this girl, Kristen Pfaff, who's passed away. Um, she passed away in 1994 in July. But she was brilliant, and she had gone to not Harvard, but she got to like UMass or something in Boston. Huge feminist and really, really good cellist and also great bass player and couldn't sing backups though. And we would argue about style sometimes because she was really a Betsy Johnson fan. And Betsy Johnson is cool, but I was like really into pure vintage and mm-hmm. I'd be like, put on a vintage dress. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we would argue a little about style because Kristen would wear jeans if you let her and a chain wallet. I'm like, no, you can't. Uh-huh. We, we can't do that. No. So this is all girls. And then Eric would, um, be in the background with his masculinity so he kind of got he was in a band with three women and then the lineup that people remember the most is from Celebrity Skin lineup not live through this lineup A because Kristen passed but also because that's when we had sort of peak fame as a band mm-hmm. and um, that's Melissa Oftemar who's this beautiful redhead who was 20 when I got her and she refused to be in the band and everyone wanted this gig to be my bass player after Kristen was gone. And Melissa said no. And I was like, really? You're saying no? I'm getting you. (laughs) She was 20. She couldn't even play yet. But, I mean, she learned. And she was really, really fast. And then Billy Corgan, who had told me about her initially, stole her and put her on tour with the Smashing Pumpkins. And those Pumpkins songs are really intricate and hard. So she became an incredibly accomplished bass player fast. Mm -hmm. And she still is. She's got a kid now. And Patty's got a kid now. And everyone wants to do a reunion. I have to really think about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's got to be, like, relevant to today. Oh, my God. You have to do that. Yeah. It would be really fun. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I have a pretty thriving solo career. It's not like... 
It's not like I'm selling out the garden or the forum or something, but I do all right. You went on tour recently. Yeah, I went on tour. I went on tour with Lana Del Rey as well, which was really interesting. What's she like? She's awesome. She's like, she's got a team of six people on the road with her doing clothes. And she takes vintage and then readapts them just like I used to do. But we're friends. And I talked to her the other night about boys and stuff. And I kept looking at her producers and thinking like her producers had done everything. I think Lana does everything Mm. that makes it Lana. And it's, I love High by the Beach. I think that's a fantastic single. I love her sound. I love that song called Cola. It's like my pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola. My eyes are wide as cherry pie. Uh And she's just got a thing. Uh-huh. And she she changed her name from Lizzie, whatever it was. And then she became Lana Del Rey. And she came into herself. Mm-hmm. She knew where she belongs. And that's the thing I think we have in common is that we both understood where we belonged in the marketplace in the sense of not selling out, not doing anything that we wouldn't normally do, not pandering. I don't pander, but I do understand that there's a market and, you know, the Foo Fighters can go on for the rest of their career and do that rock sound, but I have to change it up. Like, that's just They're my fate. It's just like da- dad rock. It's dad rock, right. But they make a fortune doing dad rock. Yeah. You know, if I could get away with it, I would play mom rock, but I can't. <laughs> no one's yeah. going to let me. Yeah. So unless I do a whole reunion and then put out – so I just did a song that was like kind of Lana-ish in, in, in the sense of it being electronic. It's called Dyed Blonde. Like D I E D blonde. I think that's going to be the name of the album. Cool, it's a really good song. Cool. And I kept asking Lana, I'm like, who are your producers you like? And she just gave me like 20 names. And I that finally made, dawned on me that Lana does Lana. Mm-hmm. No one's puppet mastering yeah. her. Yeah. So you're doing theater now. Yeah, I did theater. That's so amazing. It's tell crazy. Me, it's tell, weird. Tell me about it. Well, it's not like a rock show. It's not like a movie. So it's somewhere in between. It's in this netherworld in between. I've heard terrible stories about people who don't get along, but I loved everyone in my company. Um, we have six sopranos who can also sing and dance. And then Todd Allman wrote all the music for it. And it was wildly successful in the scale that it was done in. It was done in a black box room with 80 people. So the fact that it got like incredible New York Times coverage, incredible pitchfork coverage and everything else is just insane and we didn't expect that at all basically it started as part of what's called the prototype festival and avant-garde opera and they were like what do you want to do and todd who's part of that world he's set the tempest to music shakespeare's the tempest he's sent a winter's tale to music he's done the odyssey to music he's a classicist in a lot of ways but also a really good cool gifted songwriter and he said Let's, can we get Courtney? Let's try this loose group of songs I have together. And then it became tighter and tighter and tighter. And we might go to a, a fancier theater next year. We did it at the Kirk Douglas here in LA. The problem with that is that young hipster people don't really come to theater in LA, but a lot of older folks came and mm-hmm. they loved it. And we did it in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where Harvard is. Wow. And that was really fun. I bet. Cute little Harvard boys in the audience I love every Boston. night. I, I know. It's cool, right? It is. It's cool. It's like and and I had this apartment. city I've ever been So to. clean in Cambridge. And, and I, I had this little apartment right on top of a honey store. So she was, it was called The Hive. Uh-huh. Super Etsy, Grammy chick. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like very Etsy. And it, it's just been really, really fun. 
How long have you been in L.A.? If you put it all together, because I go to England, I go to New York, and I run away for spurts, but probably 25 years. Why L.A.? Why do you think you've always come back? Because it just is the center of the universe for entertainment. I would prefer to live in New York right now, but I'm getting more work in film by being here. Yeah. In New York. I'm getting work for musicals in New York mm-hmm. by being in L.A. Uh-huh. It just that's how it works. Yeah, but you you would rather live in New York. I like New York better. Yeah, there's wow. more to do. Yeah, in L.A. I don't drive. I mean, there's Uber now. Yeah, you um, don't drive? No, I don't know. I've never known how to drive. But then there's Uber, so there's no need. I'll teach you how to drive. Girl Boss Radio is all about empowering our listeners to become bosses of their own lives, which is why I'm super excited to welcome Fresh Books as our sponsor. If you're a freelancer or entrepreneur, FreshBooks wants to help you run your own small business like a boss. To start with, FreshBooks makes creating and sending invoices ridiculously easy. And by easy, I mean it takes literally less than 30 seconds to create and send a polished, professional-looking invoice. Here's one final thought to all the girl bosses listening. If you're hearing this but telling yourselves how much you hate dealing with numbers, FreshBooks was made for you even if you're not a numbers person like me. To help get you started, FreshBooks is offering a month of unrestricted use to all our listeners, totally free right now, and you don't need a credit card for the trial. To claim your free month, go to freshbooks.com girlboss and enter girlboss in the how did you hear about us section. So it just sounds like you've always been like really brave. Were you always confident? You moved around. You seemed like you really know, knew what you wanted to do in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I wanted Andy Warhol to pay attention to me, and he did. And that was in 1986, and I did a tiny part in Sid and Nancy. It's yeah, tiny. Yeah. It's this big. I uh-huh. say three lines. And I decided that from that moment, I was like going to be a celebrity. Uh-huh. And I did everything I could to, strategically to get myself in Andy Warhol's gaze. And he liked me, put me in interview, put me on his Andy Warhol's 15 minutes of fame, like whatever. You can mm-hmm. Google it right now. I mean, nothing much has changed. I'm wearing clothes from Paramount that belong to old movie stars uh-huh. and John Fluvog crazy platform shoes. And, but I mean, I've always been really driven and ambitious and some people are like uh, like even patty smith in just kids is like it was an accident i just cut my hair like keith richards and everyone noticed me and andy noticed me it wasn't an accident with me i was mm-hmm. very strategic about mm-hmm. it i just really wanted it yeah i just wanted the i thought it would solve all my problems if i got really famous which of course it doesn't yeah what's the upside what's the downside of well of the upside is the upside is power or the upside is money Having money sometimes equals power. I mean, just to be baldly honest. The upside is being able to give your children a better life Mm -hmm. than you had. But the downside of that is that the child is stigmatized by I am the child of. My daughter has a a whole group of friends who are children of, and they have their own subset of huge problems that I didn't even think out when I was Mm -hmm. stripping at Jumbo's Clown and thinking, when I have a child, she's going to be so spoiled and she's going to have a horse and a pony. And did she have a horse and a pony? She had a pony. Yeah. Oh she my had god! A, she, was, she was she was doing dressage and she was major on her pony. Wow! So she had a major pony and going to Ireland and England and that wow. thing was her life. And then when she got sick of it, she got really sick of it. She's yeah. like, "Mommy, I have no life." I'm like, "Keep going. Yeah. You could, you know." be an aristocrat um, <laughs> she's like no I think I'm going to be a punk but um, the upside is um, I guess mate selection 
you can kind of like point. And, wow. and, and have you ever done that? Yes. <laughs> but I'm not naming names. Yeah. But yes. That's amazing. Yeah. I guess it's Darwinian, really. Um, Do you ever feel like you're scrutinized more because, I mean, obviously you're yeah. in the public eye? Yeah. Or that people have preconceptions about you because Definitely. they've like read something or I feel like on my really small level, it's kind of like, you know, I'm the CEO of a fashion company. I'm supposed to show up and have like an amazing I know, but everybody I know is like, you know, everybody like, I know is like, oh, I've met Sofiana Rosa. Everyone? Like, pretty much everyone I know that's like in like a Hollywood thing. I'm like, I'm going to go hang out with Sophia. And they're like, oh, I've met her. Wow. So you have, you I get have a I guess I get around. Yeah, I, don't I guess know. so. It's so interesting to be in L.A. and like, I mean, L.A. is a city of reinvention. That's something I really love about it. And, yeah, me too. Um, not every city, you know, really possesses that. And to be able to move here for Nasty Gal, and I'm still here for Nasty Gal, but to, right. to spend even part of my time exploring like this other side of town, I guess that is Hollywood, that is not at all the reason that I came here. And right. you know, I'm not an actor. I don't, there's other things that could happen, but just to have meetings and explore like what happens on the other side of town. Yeah, it's exciting, right? The whole world works. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really fascinating. It's run by crazy people, and that makes me feel secure in knowing that mm -hmm. it's just like it's – there's some order in in the madness. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there has to be grown-ups around to, to monitor the crazy people, and it's a fascinating game. Do you consider yourself one of the crazy people? No, I used to be one. But now that I'm – I stopped ingesting – bad things and <laughs> I'm on the last leg of quitting smoking now. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. So I haven't cool. completed it, but I went to hypnotism with Carrie Gaynor three times and everyone went to hypnotism with Carrie Gaynor, but it seems to be working. That's I, so cool. I feel guilty. It tastes like crap. And what tastes like crap? Cigarettes taste yeah. like crap. Yeah. And there's so many photographs of me smoking. Yeah. I mean, you Google me, it's just like yeah. glorifying it. So, no, I, my reputation went through a terrible period of time, and then um, I've repaired it, you know, with a lot of help yeah. from publicists and agents and people believing in me and, and stuff like probably that. Probably just behaving yourself And behavior, yes. <laughs> behavior is the most cool. important thing. What are you most proud of over the course of your life or your career? I would say my daughter first. Cool. You know, I'm really proud of her and what she's accomplishing now. She's just coming into her own as, as an artist, and she's brilliant and passionate and smart and funny and very, very beautiful and chose not the easy way to get. I mean, she's been offered everything from, I don't know, Chanel campaigns to every campaign you can imagine to Vogue covers to and just to say no. Mm -hmm. She takes the position that just because she is who she has her last name doesn't mean she should do that. She wants to make it on her own merit, which mm -hmm. I think there's a happy medium in there somewhere but she's pretty yeah. hardcore door will about it. always be open for her so yeah definitely better to leave it open, yeah to leave and i think it it's really cool of her not to do it because i see a lot of kids do do that and mm -hmm. you know whatever it's horses for courses but mm -hmm. i respect her a lot for that and um she has her own life and she's awesome and so i'm really proud of her i'm proud of being able to evolve i'm proud of i mean yeah i just want to say sitting like, here and yeah. breathing air yeah in this little closet with in me? In this closet with you because I, the chances that I was going to do that at my age were low. So, I don't know. Uh, so, well, genetically, I think I have good stock, but, but I did some dangerous high-risk stuff. So, yeah, I'm breathing air and I'm, I'm thriving and I feel physically healthy and happy and cool. content. Cool. 
So for someone who has some songs that maybe they're recording at home today. Right. And they want to get into the music industry. Right. What would your advice be? Well, if they're female, they have a leg up for one thing because there's not that many chicks doing it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And just envision, and I think you understand me when I say this, envision where you belong and go there. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Lana does that. I did that. I think you do that. And, you know, it's like you had an eBay store that sold vintage that wasn't called Raven Sisters of the Moon. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is really clever. I know a girl that used to shop on the old Nasty Gal vintage site. It's like, oh, she always had good models. It was always styled really well. It was always really modern. You were selling Versace. You were selling Chanel. It was different. Your feedback was you know, intense. My feedback was intense in terms of like, how I interacted with my fans, how I asked for money, how I would call up Sub Pop and say, okay, you guys want to be in on the next big thing? Because I had to, to grow a pair like You really had to fast. like pitch yourself? I had to pitch myself all, this, all over town. Wow. I wrote letters to every major label and every to David Geffen, to Jimmy Iovine, to every major head. And I was like, I'm going to be huge. You do not want to miss out on how much money I'm going to make you. Like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like a fool. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, without naming names, I dated an actor who wrote every single casting agent and said, I'm going to be a huge movie star. And he became a huge movie star. Wow. So you just have to have that sense of manifest destiny and understand what your aesthetic visually looks like. That's really critical. Definitely. And, you know, be willing to start a hairstyle. And I mean... Karen O started a hairstyle. I'm thinking of like cool girl rock stars. I, was with, I don't know who it was. Someone from the music industry. It was a music manager. And okay. I was talking to him just about shaping the style of a musical act. Like, like to start. How do you, how right. do you craft their, their identity? Right. And he said, you know what? The best stars have to have a look that's so iconic that someone can dress up like them on Halloween. Definitely. Which I think was really interesting. You can dress up like Madonna and Michael Jackson. And, and Cher and Stevie and Patty. Totally. I don't think you dress up like Patty for Halloween, but still. Maybe if you're lazy. Or you have a lot of money for Andy Miller Meister. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've got your boyfriend's shirt. Yeah. Uh, I heard you're a Buddhist. Yeah, I'm a chanter. I chant Nami Harungakyo every morning, and I do it for like an hour. And it keeps me in the rhythm of the universe, and it's just a discipline thing. And I just... I haven't had any weight problem for so long that I'm used to it, but I finally just started to go to the gym and started to do Pilates the yeah. other day. It was my first day doing Pilates. I got some really good um, active wear on your site. Oh, cool. Thank you. That's I didn't awesome. even ask you for it. Oh. I just got it. Cool. Kate Hudson gave me some Fabletics. Oh, awesome. And I got some Nike. So I'm together. I have my situation together. It feels good to have the right stuff. Yeah, it, it does. It does. It really makes Put you want to like get suited up and go yeah. exercise. So I'm starting to exercise again for the first time in a really long time, which is hard and creaky, but fabulous. Yeah. Anytime you want to go hiking. I've been doing that lately. Yeah. I, I did Runyon the other day, which is a scene and a half. I love that. Yeah. Cool. So we do this thing called Girl Boss Moments. Okay. And our listeners tweet and tweet in and comment on Instagram. And, you know, everyone has just their highlight of their week or month or year. It's the thing that you feel best about that you did for yourself or that you accomplished for the week. Oh, definitely. I just said it. I went in after since 2010, I haven't worked out and I went into Nicole Stewart at little my gym and I did Pilates. Yeah. For two hours. That's amazing. She was like, do you want to stop now and stretch? I'm like, no, let's just do it. You haven't worked out in what? How long? 
since 2010. Oh my God, you're so lucky. Jesus Christ. Everything on my body starts spreading out after like I, five days. I, I have been really blessed. But well, I, you're like six feet tall too. But, just like. but <laughs> I've been really blessed to be lean but not toned. And yeah. it was like it's bikini time and someone was like suggesting I go to a fancy resort. And I was like, there is no way I am doing that without yeah. getting toned up. Courtney, thank you so much. Thank you, Sophia. Yeah, this, this is, is really going to be so fun. Yes. All right, that was Girl Boss Radio. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week, so please tune in. Our producer is Shara Morris. Thank you also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Please let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter at Girlboss, on Instagram at Girlboss. Our email address is info at girlboss.com. You can find me at Sophia Amoruso, A-M-O-R-U-S-O, on Instagram and Twitter. And if you like the show, please tell a friend and subscribe to us in iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere podcasts are found. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. It helps other people discover our show. Thank you also to the band Faces. Our theme song is from their song, I'm in Love With My Life, and my husband, Joel Jarek de Graff, for our interstitial ditty. I'm Sophia Amoruso. Talk to you next week. <laughs>